Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to a delightful place we are recording from London this week again. We were here last week, right? That's right. Second week in a row doing ours on the road from London. And it has been one of the most beautiful days here. You get a sparkling blue sky after a week of rain and you get this incredibly beautiful day. It's just, there's no place like London. Well, we have a special attachment to it, as you know, Um, but it has been absolutely fabulous. We've been here with two of our sons who have come from different directions. One um, living in Hawaii, but this year in Arizona and another coming from uh, also the same place. And so we are so excited to be doing some things with just these two boys. And both of them served as missionaries here for our church and had wonderful experiences in London. Ironically, there were two different mission areas or different missions in London. One served in the north part, one served in the south. So when they go across the Thames, they're either in one of their missions or the other. And so it's great to be back. And of course, many of you know, we were here and lived here for three years directing these great young missionaries and then came back later. And so it's kind of like a is it saying too much to think of London as a second home? I think um, we can say that. I think it is. I mean, it feels like it. It feels so great. Even just being on the wrong side of the road and everything being slow and there's no restrooms anywhere, even with all that stuff. <laughs> it is just so delightful. When you're tra- when you're when your uh, Iyer's on the road, you're traveling with Linda Iyer. You got to be prepared to watch out for bathrooms. <laughs> well, you have to admit, at Common Garden tonight, there were at least three thousand people there, and three thousand. There were thirty thousand restrooms, and you had to have a pound to pay to get in it, and they did not have a pound. <laughs> that was really silly. But anyway, we do love this place, and we have spent we spent Sunday there at our old. Uh, church stomping grounds at the Hyde Park Chapel, and we had so much fun uh, reminiscing about our old times, but we've been in museums. Oh, fabulous museums. Well, mainly we've taken a lot of advantage of the London theater, and I yeah, I don't want to offend anyone. We, we love New York, too, and you might remember some of you. That was my mission field and a place we've always loved. But honestly, Linda, Maybe I could set this up a little before I make my comment. Um, Our two youngest children, Eli and Charity, have a running battle, a running verbal sparring match going on over what is the greatest city in the world. And Eli maintains it's New York City and Charity maintains it's London. We try to take a, a, a neutral position. We like to say both. They we like are to say both, cities. but... I do have to say the theater, we we have always found the London theater to be the best in the world. It is really wonderful. We've seen a lot of shows in both New York and London. And I think without exception, even even America, even even Hamilton, we think was better in the London production. Yeah, but we don't want to go on about that. Well, no, because I, everybody I maybe just you'd can't debate run off with to me the theater. No, maybe. I I love it. 
But I love the museums because that's something you cannot see anywhere else in the world. And the National Gallery, we went to the British Museum today. We went to the V&A Museum a couple of days ago. And it is so exciting to see these beautiful pieces of art and creations and history that you cannot find well, anywhere Well, sadly, else. the National Portrait Gallery is closed for renovation. And we and that's that's kind of my favorite. Because yeah, I like that one, You too. get portraits, beautiful painted uh, paintings of, of notable figures that we're all aware of. And, and you see them from different aspects. And it, well, it's history. It's so pretty great. It's, it's just pretty great. We're living in history here, which is just so awesome. And we sit. We, we just have to share. We've seen some really unique, interesting shows while we've been here. We're going to talk about one yeah, of them as part bit. of the theme of this of this show, um, because it's C.S. Lewis's famous story, "The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe," brought to the stage in a in a really interesting way. Very unique. But tonight we saw a Tina Turner show, and earlier today we saw. I think one of the most amazing stage adaptations that we've ever seen based on the book, The Life of Pi, which many of you will remember reading a, a, a kind of a magical novel. A crazy novel. But How they we just thought there's the no stage. way they can put this on stage. And they did a magnificent job with puppetry. Puppetry. Wow. Three, anyway. three guys running the tiger, the Bengal tiger. And... Uh, this you know when you go when you go to really creative live broadway or west end shows it's not just the story or the acting or the music it's the staging and the costuming and the incredible creativity creativity yeah it was amazing so anyway we need to go on well i just wanted to say we saw wicked again because you know we just (laughs) keep seeing wicked (laughs) <laughs> when you don't get a chance to come to London that often, we really have pigged out on a lot of lovely things in one week. But um, it really has been incredible. It's just the talent is just superb. It lifts you to a different level. I, I love it. Linda, you've always said that. You've always said, I, I love how you say this. I can't paraphrase it. But when you've seen something really creative and really sort of emotionally draining almost because it's so it reaches you at different levels we always come out and linda says something like why do we ever do anything normal you know (laughs) i mean how do you how do you usually express that yeah that's that's pretty good i mean why can't we think of more creative things to do every day and and you, we can think of more creative things. And then we actually are going to give you some suggestions to do some creative things with gratitude uh, yeah. today. Yeah, because since it is the first week of the new month, the end of the first week, but nonetheless, we're going to do what we always do the first week of the month on this podcast. And that is give you a challenge and give ourselves a challenge for a unique approach to our gratitude journals for this particular month. And this is a good one. This is really it a, is a good one. one. And, you know, we, um, November's coming up, you know, and we are going to really uh, hit it next month too on some things that hopefully you haven't thought of, but this one is really fascinating. I, I particularly love the one about being grateful for your trials. I love that. And, it really made me think a lot about, and because every day we were writing what we 
what was hard that day and what was good about hard yeah. you know and it was just really insightful but we're going to give you a new challenge today so during the month of october we're going to challenge you to think about perhaps the deepest of all kinds of gratitude namely the gratitude we should feel to god and in the case of christians the gratitude we should feel for the ultimate gift that the savior has given to us so it's it's a it's it's taking gratitude to a new level and we want to just read you some things that we think will set the mood for this and and in a in a five or five minutes or so we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and really get into it but just to but start off before you start off let me just say that if you've been listening to ours on the road you know that we're christians we are really dedicated to jesus christ but we have met so many wonderful people in other religions as we have been on our journey that we become more and more in love with the way they worship and the things they did. And in fact, on the street in London the other day, a guy asked me if I'd like a copy, an English copy of the Quran, which I have always wanted. And I said, I would love one of those. And he was like knocked over because I'm sure he'd been trying, <laughs> trying to give them away for a long time. But um, I started reading that last night and it, there's some amazing things there. The Muslims get such a bad rap because they're such a it's a beautiful religion. Um, well, and, and it's funny you'd say that, Linda, because in in this musical we saw the other night, the Life of Pi play. Really, it's not a musical, but a play. But and some of you will remember that book. It's twenty years old now. It's it's amazing to me that the Life of Pi has been out that long. But the 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 main person in it and the narrator of the story is a young boy. And he's a very philosophical and very faithful boy. And it, it happens in India. And so he's grown up as a Hindu. But he decides at age 14 that he wants to also be a Christian. And he wants to also be a Muslim. Right. And so his parents are, would say, well, you can't belong to all three. And, and his response is, well, I want to praise God and worship him in every possible way that I can. And all three of these religions give me an, another way to worship and to praise. And the yeah. parents can't think much to say to that other than, well, why don't you become a Jew too? And he says, I think I will. <laughs> and so and so I think that makes your point. But uh, so gratitude can apply across the board, but particularly to Christians, this this way of this this month of October and the challenge we're going to leave with you on gratitude is particularly powerful so but let's start with the old testament linda yeah um i love this from psalms 24 verse 1 the earth is the lord's and everything in it yeah and here's a quote from a man named ben worthington who wrote a book on jesus and who said behold the graciousness and generosity of god who wants people to be able to have life and to live it to the full, not, however, at the expense of forgetting to whom it all belongs. That's beautiful. Another one, this is one of my favorites, and you might guess who it is because of the tenor of what she's saying. I am nothing 
I am but an instrument, a tiny pencil in the hands of the Lord, with which he writes what he likes. However imperfect we are, he writes beautifully. Yes, who said it? Mother Teresa. I love this to think about being a pencil in his hand, and he's writing the story. And one final quote from a man named Isaac Walton. God has two dwellings, one in heaven and the other in a meek and thankful heart. So we're going to challenge you today uh, along these lines. The acceptance of God as the giver makes us strive for excellence, but also allows us to relax and just be who we are. So think with us about this. Let us give you one more little paragraph to think about, and then we'll take a brief break, and then we'll come back and get into this challenge for gratitude for the month of October. This kind of gets into the real need of what we want to talk about in the next, in the second half. Among other wonders is the wonder of smallness, the miracle that we are exactly the right size for Earth. We fit the scale. Were we bigger or smaller, we would not work well with this world. Spirituality, it is the same. As his creations, we are among the tiniest. As his children, we are the largest import and consequence. And I want to just end with the thought that a long time ago, when I was serving in a missionary humanitarian capacity in New York City, one of our greatest church leaders came and spoke to a large group of us young volunteers and he did a remarkable thing i've never forgotten this he said i want to first of all explain to you how small you are and and he used an interesting example he had his bible and he said look at this bible this the it's thin because the pages are onion skin they're very thin and there's over 3,000 pages in it. But what if you had enough pages in this book to be as many as the stars we've already discovered, the, the, the stars, the suns we've already discovered? And this was a long time ago when telescopes were more limited. And if you had that many pages in a book, how thick would the book be? One page for every star. And I couldn't think, and none of us could think, and he said, the book would be thick enough to go around the world 600 times. And you are a little speck on one of the suns that's represented by one thin page in that 600 times around the world book. And I, and as a young guy, I just remember thinking, feeling like I disappeared. I wasn't there anymore. But then he said the most amazing thing that I've never forgotten. He said, but when I look out on the night sky and see those stars, I see the handiwork of God. But when I look out on your faces today, I see the offspring of God. And I've never forgotten Ooh, that. So and it's the sentiment you just yeah. mentioned, Linda, that we're the tiniest, we're the most inconsequential, we're nothing, and yet we are everything. And it's that kind of thing we want to get into in the second half of the show and make a real specific challenge on a new slant on gratitude. So hang on and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. 
Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Thanks for joining us today. If we sound a little bit subdued, it's because it's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight in London. <laughs> um, and we're kind of being quiet because we're in a little echoey, uh, beautiful place here. So, but this is a subduing subject. It so is kind good. of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we do have um, a really important thing for all of us to think about during the second half, which is, I think, kind of exciting and kind of creative to think about as we ponder our lives. So let's pick up kind of where we left off about how we are incredibly small and unimportant. And yet, if we believe we're really children of God, we are so important. Well, we need to pick up from the last thing. Okay. It is somewhat sad that two symbiotic, nearly synonymous words are thoughts, are thought of as opposites. Humility and confidence look like each other's antithesis. Until their common source, our relationship to God, is revealed and they coalesce into clo closeness and simpatico pushed together by perspective and by a father who helps us stand. I love that thought. I love that, that too. That it's, that it's our relationship to God which causes us to feel our nothingness because of our imperfection and nothingness compared to his everythingness. And yet, that also lifts us because we believe we're actually his children. So we call God father and we mean it we merit inescapable inherited confidence yet his perfection's vast distance from our foibles creates a profound humility yet it's a relaxing quality that puts the pressure off of you and onto the yoke of him so the message really the beginning message here is to stop stressing and start praying. Oh, man, wouldn't that be good if we think about that every time we're stressed out? Absolutely. And sometimes we do it when we're when it's at the extreme. There's nowhere else to go but to our knees. But so often when we feel stress, if we could just take a minute, stop, pray about it. Yeah, that's beautiful. To a Christian, there is one form of thanks that supersedes and overpowers all others. It is the unspeakable unrepayable, unfathomable gratitude we feel to a Savior who has literally purchased us with his blood. Somehow, some ungraspable how, he had amassed enough spiritual capital to ransom us, to pay the staggering debt of our collective sin and error, and allow us to escape the debtor's prison into which we would otherwise find ourselves eternally confined. One reason this gratitude goes beyond all others is that Christ's ultimate gift is something that neither we nor anyone else could ever have lived. Or Any, could have anyone else who's ever, who's ever lived. lived could have done for ourselves. So, so we know that. I mean, that's the hallmark of any true Christian understanding that this is a debt that can never be repaid. And while we cannot fully comprehend it, we can stand in awe, which is the ultimate gratitude. 
So this we love, and we're going to go tell you something about C.S. Lewis now. This is a quote from him, which we adore. Be, beware of professed Christians who possess, who possess insufficient awe of Christ. I just love that love little it. phrase I because, you know, sometimes we become too familiar. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear a child, and it's beautiful in its own way, saying, I, I just feel like Jesus is my elder brother. I just love him. And that's a beautiful well, and he thing. Is. Yes. But 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 the familiarity can get in the way of the awe that we're supposed to feel. Beware of professed Christians who possess insufficient awe of Christ. So that reminds us of the play we saw yesterday. Which was the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. And all of you Christians out there probably know this story, but it was so fun to see how they produced that on the London stage. It was so interesting because the children were not children. I mean, they were adults, but young looking adults. And um, they were mixed nationalities and it, that was the beauty of it. It yeah, was. They were all children of God. And it was so well done. It was amazing. They had musicians walking around with playing cellos while they were walking and drums and all these wild instruments. So it was a mu musical. Well, but it, but what I loved about it is it, it emphasized the part of the book that I love the most, which is the interplay of justice and mercy and right. and there's actually a chapter in the book that that is that is named deep magic from the dawn of time and in that chapter and on the stage yesterday the white witch the the figure that represents the adversary the devil satan she she claims this boy edmund as hers because he is a traitor and he has broken the laws of God. And so by the law of justice, she can claim him. She can take him. She can kill him. And then, of course, the beauty of it is that the next chapter in the book is named Deeper Magic from Before the Dawn of Time. Boy, there's a lot to think about there. Yeah, the, the justice really idea, in other words, is deep magic from the dawn of time, that everything has its consequence. Everything has justice, but then deeper magic from before the dawn of time. And, of course, that is about Christ sacrificing himself. And what's beautiful in this story is that he sacrificed, the, the, the Christ figure, Aslan, the lion, sacrifices himself for one person, for Edmund. And I think all true Christians believe that Christ's atonement was personal for them and would have happened even if they'd been the only person on the earth. So so it, it leads us to this beautiful power. And, and, and you can see why Lewis would say, beware of a professed Christian who possesses insufficient awe of Christ. And one of our, a dear friend of ours who's long since passed on and who we miss a great deal a mentor of mine in many cases, Neil A. Maxwell, I think said it even better, even better than C.S. Lewis, and even more, in a way, more powerfully. He said, the more we ponder where we stand in relation to Jesus Christ, the more we realize we do not stand at all. We only kneel. 
That's just so powerful. That is really an amazing thing to think about. So um, I, I think this is all about the smallness that we feel being so big and giving us so much confidence because of that sacrifice. So without this gift, our lives would be much like a diminishing road into a growing fog or like a dying red sun setting for the last time. But with his gift, the fog dissipates, the sun rises again, and we are free to recover time and time again and to continually partake of all the lesser blessings. So so you see what we're saying here is that this month, instead of a gratitude journal just being about things we're thankful for or like last month, even adversarial things we're thankful for, this month is about the greatest God-given gifts, particularly the atonement that could never be replaced in any other way. So here's our challenge to you in terms of the, the focus we are challenging ourselves to have in our gratitude journals this month and that we would invite you to join with us. So we want you to cultivate, along with us, a positive can't-do attitude. Can't-do. Oxymoron? No, because the can't-do is the realistic humility of how inconsequential we are, while the positive is the spiritualistic faith of how God can do with us and through us anything. Each day, write down in your book something you have that you don't deserve and didn't earn. Now think about that for a minute. So just like always, you're writing something you're grateful for. Only this month, make make sure it's something that you clearly don't deserve that you clearly didn't earn, that you clearly could not earn or deserve. And you'll find there's a lot of things like that. (laughs) Everything. I mean, there's so many things that Mm -hmm. are just gifts from God. And uh, we can't claim, you know, our good health, the fact that we could walk around London this week. Yeah, yeah, at our age. At our age, getting older. Um, But there's things like that every day in our lives that we just need to be grateful for because we didn't really deserve it. Um, we didn't ask for it. And I know there, we've already talked about the hard things being blessings, but the good things are blessings too. And that's what we want you to think. about. Well, and you know, the old, the old cliche, the best things in life are free. Best things in life are also things we didn't earn. They're right. things that we couldn't deserve. I mean, you know, today, getting up after a week of rain and looking out across London at a sparkling blue sky, that, that you could write that in the journal. But the, the idea is to think hard about the fact that we don't deserve those things because it actually adds to the gratitude and makes it more powerful. And as you write it down, make it a prayer as well. So you're, you're not even writing it in your journal. You're saying thanks to God as you do. Exactly. I mean, even just thinking here for a minute, we don't deserve these good boys that have been with us. I say boys Our because the, they're like 45 and almost 50, <laughs> but, but they are beautiful people. We don't really deserve them. They just came to us and we're so grateful for them. We have learned so much about them this week and we're so blessed to do that. Um, 
to have the chance to be with them. So, and I wanted to just say this last thing because um, we've been doing this different gratitude challenge most almost for a year now, a different little twist every month. And we've made a little different kind of a challenge to every month. But here's the interesting thing. This is the easiest of all the 12 challenges. <laughs> it is so easy to think of something every day that you are grateful for, that you clearly don't deserve, and that is clearly a gift from God. And it does make you feel smaller um, because we've mentioned that at the first yeah. And humble because we've been giving these given these gifts for free. I mean, just because God is good, and no matter how, whether you're in the depths right now or not of a crisis or whatever is happening, you can always think of something that you have that you love that you don't really deserve and that you're so grateful for. So we and, hope this gives you a little lift. This and, the, and the smaller you think of yourself, the, the, the bigger and the more wonderful everything else is. So your gratitude is enhanced. In fact, since we're here in England, Linda, let's just, I want to sign off with this one more quote. G.K. Chesterton, who was one of C.S. Lewis's mentors, maybe one of his two most formidable mentors and always had a little humor in what he said and here's how he said it without humility it is impossible to enjoy anything even pride <laughs> i love that i love that we hope that you're gonna have a great week and thank you for listening and we'd like to thank logan gardner our producer who is so flexible luckily it's not midnight his time in right, utah right. but uh we are so appreciative of him and the great job he does in this show so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time on Fires on the road we'll be back home and glad to be there and we'll see you next week see you then bye bye